The Last Word with Matt Cooper. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. Let's go stateside with Cal Thomas and Marion McCune. Marion, Cal, good evening to you. Hope you're well. I want to start maybe, Cal, with you. There's lots going on. We can talk about the Trumps and their various court cases and the very serious events in Israel as well. But I want to go to the next presidential election and Republican candidates who want to succeed where Donald Trump was a few years ago. And Mike Pence, the former vice president, was one of the many candidates who are looking to get onto the ballot next year. It failed badly for him, didn't it, Cal? Yes, he was opposed by both the pro-Trumpers and the anti-Trumpers. He was opposed by the anti-Trumpers because uh, they felt that uh, he should have overturned the results of the 2020 election, and he was, uh, excuse me, the the pro-Trumpers said he was opposed by the anti-Trumpers because they believed that... uh, He served uh, Trump for four years and never said some of the things that he has revealed in his book and publicly since then. Uh, I think that uh, you're going to see more people withdraw in the next few weeks because they just don't have the numbers. You've already seen four or five people withdraw. And uh, I think you're going to see uh, probably uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina withdraw. Nikki Haley has now tied Ron DeSantis for second place, although she's way, way behind uh, Donald Trump in the uh, in the Iowa vote. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think it's going to be down to a two-person race, whoever is number two versus Trump. And depending on these court outcomes, uh, that's going to, I think, have a major effect on the general election just a little more than a year from now. Let's have a listen to Mike Pence suspending his 2024 presidential bid. I was raised to believe that to whom much is given, much will be required. And with everything our country is facing, I just couldn't sit this one out. But the Bible tells us that there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And traveling across the country over the past six months, I came here to say it's become clear to me, this is not my time. So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Much prayer and deliberation, and I'd imagine, Marion McKeown, a look at the polling numbers showing that it certainly wasn't going to be him. Every road is leading towards Donald Trump signing up this nomination in a couple of months' time. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm laughing there, Ian, because I think not only did he look at the polls, he looked at his bank balance and saw that there ain't no donations coming in and you cannot run a national campaign without donations. Uh, you know, I've just come back from Las Vegas where the, the Republican Jewish Coalition held their annual event. Uh, I get a sense in the place I've been most recently that Nikki Haley, now I don't see any world where she can beat Trump, but her momentum has been building and building and building and at least everyone I spoke to in Vegas said she's their person, not Ron DeSantis, despite all of his pandering at the moment and, and you know, the, the stuff that, that he is doing to try and get the, the Jewish vote on his side, um, that, that Nikki Haley is the person that they see as, because mo- even mo- most of the, the okay, so, 
over three quarters of the Jewish population in America will vote Democrat, no matter what, no matter what. Uh, Biden got 77 percent of the vote. But there is a very powerful and well-funded Jewish lobby um, which votes Republican and which is organized by the Republicans. And they gave Donald Trump just one family gave him one hundred and seventy two million dollars in 2020. Now, they're sitting it out this time. So the point I'm making here in a very convoluted way, and apologies to Cal, is that donations are what fuel this. Donald Trump only made 1.5 million in the last quarter. That is almost nothing. So his donations are dropping. Um, So I think, and it's not wishful thinking here, I think that there may still be a battle. I see no way at the moment that if the election were to happen tomorrow or next month or the month after, that anybody but Trump could get the Republican nomination. But I do see movement that that suggests that, you know, depending on events over the next couple of months, things might change slightly. Cal, how are none of the other candidates cutting through? Uh, say that again, Ian. I'm sorry. How are uh, how are none of the under ca- other candidates to be the Republican nominee cutting through? Given what's happening to Donald Trump, the court cases are ongoing, and the civil cases and the criminal ones will be happening too. Right. Well, I'm not a prophet or the son of one, Ian, but uh, I think Marion's right. Money is the uh, is the lifeblood of politics, and if people don't have it, uh, their chances of getting elected, uh, putting ads on the television, uh, direct mail, uh, hiring people to go door to door, are greatly limited. Uh, I just find it amazing that uh, this this is completely unprecedented in American politics, that somebody who faces so many criminal indictments can still be the overwhelming choice uh, right now of Republicans to be president again. We talked about this many times on the show. The man has deep character flaws. He has uh, called everybody but uh, his mother names. He has threatened revenge against his political enemies. This is the kind of language that fuels the the sort of violence that we're seeing now in our streets uh, on another issue. It It is not conducive to promoting the general welfare. Marion, let's turn now to the Trump family and the various and ongoing and multiplying legal battles. The one that's in the news right now is the civil trial for fraud in New York. And we're going to hear from the Trumps themselves. Uh, yes, Ian. Um, on uh, Wednesday, we're going to have Donald Trump Jr. in the stand. Uh, on Thursday, it's going to be Eric Trump. And on Friday, Ivanka Trump, which for some reason seems to be the one that everybody is fixated with. Now, I will bet very strongly that the three Trump children will just say Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, that they will to, uh, they will refuse to answer any question because even though this is a civil non-jury trial, uh, anything they they say that could be incriminating, could be used in subsequent cases. Uh, so I think uh, they'll do what Eric Trump did uh, 500 times, I believe, in his disposition, um, in his deposition, I should say, uh, where he um, just said Fifth Amendment, uh, I, which is the right to not incriminate yourself. I don't see anything coming out of this. I think it's all a bit performative, to be quite honest. Uh, look, the issue of guilt has been decided. The judge has already said, look, you know, you did it, Trump, basically. You did commit fraud. All there, It's all all over bar the shouting, and by that I mean it's all over except for the amount of money this judge, Andrew Engeron, is going to award against Trump in punitive damages. So I think this is, as and Trump himself is expected to take the stand either on Friday or on Monday, and of course, you know, everybody waiting to see what happens there. 
And the father, Donald Senior, is Cal. He is now being told by a judge in the in the criminal cases, not the civil one that's ongoing, to keep his mouth shut from attacking his enemies. Right. Well, good luck with that. I mean, he's uh, he's violated the gag order before another gag order and was fined ten thousand dollars for it, which is like pocket change to him. Or maybe but, not. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe not. Yeah, uh, but but Marion is right on this, and this is uh, this is the least of the cases. This is a civil case. Uh, if he gets uh, fined, if he has to pay more in taxes for allegedly uh, undervaluing his various properties, uh, that's that's minor stuff. The real big cases, the ones that put him in great jeopardy and potential for criminal convictions, as Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey and Republican presidential candidate, said today, he believes he'll be convicted. These are the ones that uh, uh, put him in greater peril. And I, I just think that I hope, I hope I'm, I'm, that when Americans uh, see what has happened uh, in a court of law, that their fealty for Donald Trump will decline and somebody far less controversial will be nominated uh, for, uh, for president of the Republican Party. I just can't see a, a, a rematch between Trump and Biden, although it looks it's going to be that way right now, even though the polls show Republicans and Democrats don't want a rematch. They want somebody else. Well, if they want somebody else, they've got to vote differently in the primary. Let's turn to the much more serious matters of U.S. support for Israel. Marion, it doesn't seem that the Israeli government and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu are listening to anybody else but America, but America isn't acting with any type of restraint on the Israelis at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure I'd characterise it exactly like that, Ian. Uh, I think that what I've been hearing, and there have been um, briefings pretty well two and three times a day on this from the National Security Council, Department of State and Pentagon uh, for journalists, uh, I think that the US is very strongly saying to Israel, uh, the, the military and the diplomatic officials who, who have been briefing journalists are, are saying that there is time, it's time for a humanitarian pause and also they're asking them what the end game is. The response that they are getting every time they say, well, what is the end game? What is going to happen when the bombing stops? Um, Netanyahu is saying, not now. We're not dealing with that yet. We're not dealing with that question. So he's basically saying we're going to pulverize uh, Gaza and eliminate um, Hamas and then we'll talk about peace and then we'll talk about who takes over uh, the governing of Hamas. It's not something the US is particularly happy with from what I can understand, but this is where the situation is and of course every day we're seeing now it, there was um, a, an IGF spokesperson earlier today who said that they are starting to allow in more humanitarian relief that 60 trucks are expected to go through um, by, this, by midnight tonight and another 100 tomorrow. We'll see if that happens. But the reality is that I don't think anybody is disputing at this stage that about 8,000, upwards of 8,000 Palestinian civilians have been killed, that the situation within Gaza is absolutely dire and that civilians are, are suffering horribly. Now, we have to remember in saying that why this and how this started. It started with Hamas um, carrying out an absolutely barbaric attack on innocent Israelis in the full knowledge that this would draw the wrath of Israel onto Gaza, 
but you still have to operate within the rules of war and at the moment Israel is just not doing that and there's no two ways about it and it seems that America is pretty powerless to intervene because America is supporting, they're saying this is not the time for a ceasefire, they agree with Israel on that but they where, where there is daylight creeping in and I think where America is happy for it to creep in is in how this war is being prosecuted at the moment. Cal, this is very... We've seen... Well, I was just going to say briefly that uh, we've seen this uh, scenario before. Ceasefires allowing the uh, enemies of Israel to rearm. Uh, Hamas has deliberately kept a lot of Palestinian civilians in areas where they know Israel's going to strike, where they have missiles, where they have uh, some of the leaders of Hamas. They've done this over and over and over again. And uh, I think the end game is to destroy Hamas. And as Prime Minister Netanyahu said yesterday, uh, nobody called for restraint on behalf of America after Pearl Harbor. Nobody called for restraint on America after 9-11. Why is it that Israel needs to uh, have restraint when uh, it is trying to eliminate a clear and present danger against its very existence. Well, isn't that because of the suffering that's happening to the people in Gaza, never mind getting food well, aid in deliberate. and getting fuel aid and medicine aid yeah. in, well, for I being hope, targeted I by... Hope truck, I hope the trucks are inspected to make sure it's really humanitarian aid and not weapons. I was going to put to you, Cal, that we've seen the new House Speaker, Mike Johnson, proposing that... Israel's aid, the military aid that America spends billions of dollars on every year, would be cut unless there's an agreement to reduce the funding for America's tax system at a time of serious geopolitical risk. What are the Republican Party doing? Well, I, th- I think uh, Speaker Johnson is is pointing out that we cannot, and he has said this in interviews and in, and in speeches, that we cannot continue to spend as if there is no tomorrow. We have a $33 trillion debt. No other nation has had that kind of debt and been able to survive. Uh, he, he wants to... Uh, uh, take away some of this IRS money, millions and millions of dollars that the Biden administration has put through to catch so-called wealthy tax cheats. Well, if they're if they're cheating and if they're breaking the law, they should be prosecuted. But it's Congress that writes the tax laws, and most wealthy people hire attorneys. Was to, it not time uh, for serious statespeople to step up and to have one of the most senior people in America, the Speaker of the House, come up with this rubbish? Well, I wouldn't call it rubbish at all. I think uh, I think he is pointing out uh, that we cannot continue to spend as we have been. I think that he is uh, trying to de- use some of that money that uh, uh, for the IRS and uh, shift it to aid to Israel. I see nothing wrong with that at all. When the Democrats do things like that, uh, the media are fine with it. When Republicans try, oh no, it's a horrible thing and must be opposed. Marion, should we be lucky that perhaps the Republican Party aren't behaving like grown-ups right now? Look, this this is, um, whether you want to call it rubbish, as you did, in or nonsense, as I would call it, this is, as a rookie move, just to be charitable to MAGA Mike Johnson, as he is now being baptised by, by Matt Gates, no less, uh, this is the most idiotic move that he could possibly have made out of the gates as Speaker. Uh, what he is basically doing, to put a charitable interpretation on it, is he is setting up a situation where he can be credibly accused of exploiting 
the situation in Israel of exploiting the suffering of the Israeli people and the Palestinians uh, in, into creating tax loopholes and ensuring that the rich keep paying less taxes. Now, let's look at what Biden did. The Congressional Budget Office, which is neutral and bipartisan, said that Biden spending $80 billion on the IRS to beef it up will return about $200 billion in unpaid taxes by the wealthy over a decade. So for every dollar the US is spending on the IRS, it's getting back $3 in revenue. And that is a good deal by any situation. So to try and cut this is so stupid. And as well, it's just so ugly to, to link this to such an awful situation and to try and make hay out of such a horrible situation. But look, he's doing his master's bidding. Unfortunately, his masters are Matt Gates and Donald Trump. And, you know, this this isn't going to fly. This isn't going anywhere. And let's just also note that he's offering no funding at all for Ukraine, nothing, not even a cent. Uh, this guy, you know, he, the, the interesting thing about Matt, Mike Johnson is he's not stupid. He's not a stupid guy. He's not stupid like maybe Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan or even Kevin McCarthy, but he is behaving in an incredibly stupid manner at the moment by pandering, as I said, to his masters. Carl, I actually am going to give you the last word on this. Can Thanks, you see Bobby. any of these issues that are happening around the Republican Party, can you see it having any impact at all on Israel? Israel and the views of people in Israel that they can rely on the U.S.? Well, let me just point out quickly what Marion said. The problem with uh, our federal government is not revenue. Washington takes in record amounts of revenue. The problem is spending. As soon as the money comes in, it goes out the door and we borrow more. No, I think that uh, over Republican and Democrat administrations, although the approach to Israel has been different in some cases, uh, the support of the United States and politicians from both parties of Israel, regardless of whatever the government is in power, whatever party is in power, has been ironclad. And those are words that have been used by President Biden. They were used by George W. Bush. They've been used by Barack Obama. And, uh, and I think it will remain so. Okay, Cal Thomas and Mario McKillen, thank you very much for joining us. Cal, we must talk about the US economy at some point. I actually agree with you on their budget deficit. It is absolutely massive. Cal Thomas and Mario McKillen, thank you very much for joining us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.